You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning. Well, morning 2M Football. Most, most of you will catch this first thing in the morning. Some of you in the mid-afternoon. Some of you in the evening. Or if you're like us, late at night. Because that's what we do around here at the 2M recording studio of the virtual varieties for our new your, your tradition stuff yeah, per tradition yes oh, we're gonna <laughs> do it in the morning That's, i don't know what three out of four weeks and then we we're like you know what this evening thing seems to be our shtick i mean it was uh it was yeah it was a balance of missing out on a whole day of news if we recorded too early and also feeling guilty about taking up uh, time from the day job <laughs> Somebody has a good work ethic. Definitely when it comes to this, one of us is stronger than the other, but one of us has more of an opportunity to sit in front of a computer all day. That is true, but but let me also say that that doing the work for this podcast was was probably harder than uh, the work I do for the day job, so it was a bit of a slog this week. <laughs> this week was brutal. Great um, stuff, though. We did it for you guys, and it's going to be worth it. Well, Mike's is always worth it. Mine is usually what we call in the biz filler material. (laughs) Whatever pays the bills, right? You know what? I'm just that guy that adds like the subtle comments. Like Stephen A. Smith, but better, but also worse at his job. I feel like I give at at least give news. Oh, you're great at news. Is that supposed to be a segue? Because I realized we didn't introduce ourselves yet. I mean... (laughs) Right now, we're on almost. We're getting ready to close close out season one. Getting ready for season two. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, speaking of that, quick quick segue. What's wrong with you guys? Do you know who we are? Do you know who you are? I have no idea who I am. Does anyone really know who they are? Wow, way to get like (laughs) an existential. (laughs) This is football. No, that was good. I I don't know how to react to that. Let's do it. You're well, okay. speaking speaking of news set and i was like where do you go speaking of news to, to jump back three minutes to when you said that <laughs> it's been two weeks since our last episode so there's uh some of this is not exactly news at this point but we haven't discussed it yet and i want to talk to you about it so probably the biggest piece of news since the last time we recorded uh was the panthers trading for x jets quarterback sam darnold that's my that's my surprise reaction to this news. Are you just hearing about this, Matt? <laughs> Let's pretend you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? So, in exchange, <laughs> that's good. That, that was a really good surprise reaction. <laughs> you just see my face. It was ten times better. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with uh, the disembodied voice. So, <laughs> in exchange for Sam Darnold. The Jets receive a sixth round pick this year, the Panthers 2022 second round pick, so next year, and then also a fourth round pick next year. Seems like quite a bit that the Panthers gave up for Darnold. Yeah, it de- yeah, it depends on how how well they finish if they're not too good again, which is what I would expect. Uh that second round pick will be pretty high. So, you know almost back of the first round, but they didn't have to go up any first rounders. 
Um, and, and apparently they were the only team that was even trying to make a move for Darnold. So, so yeah, like maybe it's more in that sense I mean, than I you would think. I feel like the kid has potential, but his record was tarnished. He didn't have a great cast in New York. He had Adam Gase as a head coach again. Right. Yes. I can't crap on this dude enough. I know, but I do think that's the key though. I think that's the key because how many players have we see struggle under Gase? How many teams have we seen get better <laughs> as we do leagues? Miami, perfect example. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see if the Jets can follow suit, and uh, we'll see if Darnold gets a, a fresh start. Well, he will get a fresh start in Carolina. He's expected to be the starter there. He, as you mentioned, he never really had a very good supporting cast with the Jets, and and yeah, they had the the shadow of Adam Gase looming over them, over him the entire time. So, and uh, he, he's still pretty young. I think I saw. Um, Twitter or somewhere he's he's actually younger than uh, Joe Burrow still is that right I believe that was the fact yes who which was a rookie last year which is pretty crazy scary to think about so uh yeah Carolina gets who they hope will be their QB of the future they were kind of underwhelmed by the Teddy Bridgewater experience last year and uh, now he's another guy who might be on the move as a result of this any ideas where nope I would say Chicago, but they're, they've got the whole Andy Dalton thing figured out. So, I mean. Eh. Oh, yeah. They're That's all awesome. set. All set there. <laughs> and I feel bad for Bridgewater because he did really well in Minnesota. And I really thought he was going to have an opportunity in Carolina here. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm a little surprised because he wasn't terrible. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I'm not a. I didn't follow him all that closely, but I, I know Curtis Samuel had a productive season and. Uh, you know, Robbie Anderson improved there from uh, his time in New York as well. Although maybe that was just getting away from Adam Gase too. Another example. <laughs> Again, in, in any case, it's it's a great trade for the Jets to get anything for him, given they're expected to draft their uh, QB of the future with the second, right, the second overall pick in uh, this year's draft in just a few I weeks. I believe so. I don't know we got it written down somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, this is a pretty big deal. Pretty big trade. Uh, Darnold gets a fresh start and a new new chance, new lease on his uh, NFL career. Make the most of it, buddy. And then speaking of the draft, the team with the fourth overall pick, the Falcons, have oh. been receiving a lot of calls uh, on whether they'd be willing to trade their pick. And uh, it sounds like they might be. There, There's a bit of a divide, I guess you would say, in their front office as to whether or not they should use that pick to draft their QB in the future or if they should sell it uh, because Matt Ryan is still playing pretty well, even though he is uh, getting up there in age. I feel like that pick would be better spent on uh, acquiring like a, a replacement for like Julio Jones. There's a great wide receiver class in here. There's a handful of decent that running backs that'll be available. Um, even offensive linemen seem to be really taken a good a good forefront to this year's draft class and I feel like if you have a first round pick it's worth any kind of investment in those positions you know Matt Ryan there's a good chance Matt Ryan may play longer than Julio Jones Matt Ryan is not showing the signs of slowing down but what he needs is a better cast around him not just having Jones you know, they're, they're severely depleted at running back with Gurley not being resigned. Yeah. Um, they got Davis, which was an excellent addition, but it's like, 
you know, use that, use, use that pick. I feel like to give it up means you have to guarantee, you know, you got to get something really good in return, either a, a, a definite number two wide receiver, um, a good uh, couple offensive linemen with, a, or an offensive lineman with a couple of picks, you know, Alex Max gone. Right. So I feel like, I feel like while it might, they'd have to be a pretty good bait on that hook for, for Atlanta to pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good points. It depends on what, yeah. Like you said, what they get, if they just want to trade down, depends on who's asking too, right? Like if they would just trade down a few picks where they'd still have like, let's say a top 10 pick and then just, you know, add a pick later in the draft or something like that, then they could probably still get a receiver or lineman, assuming that whoever trades up is going to be taking a quarterback. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll just see what's going on there. No movement yet. And uh, we're just two weeks away now from the the draft, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Next piece of news here angered me personally to see it, but only because (laughs) of a stupid fantasy football reason. Tyler Lockett gets... For fantasy purposes, not because he's an incredible athlete. He gets a very well-deserved four-year, $69 million extension to his contract. And uh, in the notes, I I just put... Yeah, I was going to say... I think your comment here in, in the docket is uh, T-bone steak. I, I think if you uh, take it literally, that's what it is. But uh, the point I'm just trying to make is that I, I'm I'm still beefing with Tyler Lockett. Because okay, of what he okay, did. That, okay, I got it. <laughs> okay. I looked at this and I go, Tyler Lockett, four-year extension, 69 million, T-bone steak. Well, now we can afford one. He can go out to dinner at a nice restaurant. Uh, you, you know, know what? I'm pretty sure Russell Wilson would buy him as many T-bone steaks <laughs> as he wants. Anyway, that I, I'm still stud. I still get shivers down my spine when I see his name because of uh, I think it was what Billy did to me in our fantasy league last year. Tyler Lockett had his whatever it was, 200 yards, so three touchdowns. Lockett. I took Lockett <laughs> the year before, and it was like the fourth run I was going to take Lockett, and Billy took him, and I was like, damn it. Well, I think you actually used him in FanDuel against me the same week, so it was a double whammy. Anyway, that's yeah, the kind gave, of thing. We, we, we gave you uh, Lockett Nightmares. That's the kind of thing you don't forget easily. So uh, I saw this <laughs> extension. My first reaction was, oh, you. <laughs> it is well-deserved. Good and yeah, you, he's, he's, damn you. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm going to draft him in the first round next year just to make sure. Uh, that out for you this past year with a wide receiver draft. It worked awesome. Well, my first round pick of Devontae Adams worked out just fine. Okay, not all of us were smart. But uh, it was uh, round two where things fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> Did it have to do with this other player that the Eagles brought back? Not exactly. Um, but the Eagles, this this isn't even news except for the fact that Boston Scott was a proven player of mine. And uh, they did bring him back into the fold for 2021. So proved it. He was it. one of my emergency running back <laughs> players in fantasy, and he did pretty well. He was serviceable, yeah. Uh, and all this news is just because the, the players have some personal importance to me. The Panthers signed AJ Boye, free agent cornerback, uh, who was you know was great with Jacksonville a few years ago. A little slightly less great with Denver last year. And uh, now right he joined, back with the Texans yeah. too. And now he joins Carolina. Oh yeah, that's right. He was there before Jacksonville, wasn't he? Yes. I don't remember the order of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got you. 
Thank you. Yeah, that's very good. I forgot about that. So, but yeah, now he's with Carolina, although he's suspended the first two games of 2021. Off to a great so start. We, yeah, we look forward to he's hey, he's gonna allow zero receptions in each of the first two games. I'm calling it now. I don't even know who their first two games are, are against. So before I try anything, I gotta look at that first. Well, he's gonna be suspended, so he won't be playing. That's the point I'm making. The joke. Oh, I got the joke now. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right. Larry Fitzgerald in uh, sad news is expected to retire. No! One of the all-time well, greats at the wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> He's uh where is Carson Palmer? I know, but where is he right now, Matthew? <laughs> is, I, where in the world is Carson Palmer? Hey Siri. <laughs> um the Bengals released Giovanni Bernard uh, at his request. And he joined the Buccaneers. Oh, right, because the Bucks need more. Right, because they weren't already move. stacked. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. Are they just hogging players because they have cap space? Is that this I, game? I do not know because they already the the combination of Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette was pretty effective last year. So, and and Bernard has been. I see Bernard being in that is a rotational back or a change of pace back. I don't see him having a huge role provided. Uh, Jones and Fournette stay healthy. Yeah, well, he's always been a good pass catching back, uh, so maybe that's going to be his role. Yeah, so is Fournette. Uh, yeah, he he yeah he showed some improvement in that area, but that hadn't been his strength before that. Uh, another wide receiver retirement, maybe I'm going to put for now is Julian Edelman of the Patriots. Although he was uh, the only Patriot I liked. I, yeah, I mean, he was so consistent for them and Tom Brady's favorite target. And there was I one. Mean, nobody I, I played it, the slot route better than Julian Edelman. Right. Right. He was like uh, Wes Welker 2.0 without all the conditions. Right. And you went, Wes Welker was damn good. And Edelman just took it. Edelman didn't have as many concussions. That kind of helps. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, always a good thing for your career. I think it was actually his his legs that sort of gave out on him, or, or I think he was having knee problems the last couple of seasons. Well, and, Mike, uh, he yeah. had knee problems the past couple of seasons too. Yeah, that's true. Although that was brought on just by going up and down stairs, not by playing professional football. So, uh, but I guess we do have that in common. There you go. See. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is going on here. The Cardinals. This just came through today. The Cardinals signed James Conner to join. Chase Edmonds in the backfield there. Uh, I'm a, a little disappointed just because uh, I wanted to see what Edmonds could do as a full-time starter, but Connor can never stay healthy enough to play a significant role lately. Connor anyway, will be so. hurt within the first four weeks, and Edmonds will take back over again. Connor's is going to get released at the end of the year, and Edmonds will sign an extension with the Cardinals. It sounds about right. I like it. Uh, any other news you wanted to talk about? No. I, uh... I don't think so. I mean, other than right. the fact that you have way more to talk about in the next section than I do. Oh, we'll see. I'll try to keep it concise, but yeah. Famous last words. This will be an hour. <laughs> I think we're already like 20 minutes in, <laughs> but uh, yes. Anyway, that, yeah, that brings us to the, the meat of today's episode, which probably should have said at the top. Uh, we're going to be no, we previewing steak. We made the beef joke. <laughs> I'm double dipping. Okay. Oh yeah! Get your own, <laughs> get your own tray of sauce, damn it! 
there's other types of meat, you know. Uh, we're today, um, <laughs> our main topic is we're going to talk about the top prospects in this year's draft. Do, 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 do. Uh, but first, a disclaimer oh, like what? everything else. What? I don't <laughs> I like you... we start this section off with a disclaimer. The disclaimer is we don't, we idiots, uh, you know, don't attempt, don't try this at home, kids. I was, was going to say, yeah, the disclaimer is we know nothing. But <laughs> if you've ever All listened right. to the podcast before, you know that by now. <laughs> but I don't know if you heard, Matt, but it was kind of a weird year last year. Do go, do tell. <laughs> and obviously due to the ongoing uh, pandemic and uh, that uh, college football oh. was not immune to this. Many teams and players opted Did out. Get the vaccine. <laughs> That's a whole other issue. Yes, uh, you know a lot of the bowl games were canceled at the end of the college football season. The combine was virtual. There haven't been Ohio any. State didn't play half a season. No in-person workouts, etc. So you know, long story short. I think evaluating prospects is always something that's kind of hit or miss. And uh, scouts of the world have even less to go on this year than usual. So <laughs> I, think, I had a uh, list of stats on a piece of paper to choose my top five for my position. So we'll and honestly, I feel like this, the, right. That's another thing too, is are the stats even as relevant as usual? Because teams had to schedule weird games or some of them only played within their conference and, you know it makes for really weird numbers like i my I, I did the offensive side of the ball for running backs wide receivers tight ends and linemen and it's like these carries are bizarre for some of these running backs yeah like, so know, like uh 51 carries 196 yards two touchdowns it's like how many games did they play probably three yeah <laughs> right and that was their whole season yeah you had some some guys opted out like in the middle of the season so yeah, just a lot of weird stuff happened, and so I, I think the scouting is is even more un, uncertain than usual this year. So just wanted to throw that disclaimer out there. Uh, so with that said, let's let's jump in. And before we get into the, the positions, uh, I think you alluded to this earlier. Actually, it's a pretty loaded draft on the offensive side, especially. There's a good chance that the first four picks are all quarterbacks. And that would actually be the first time ever if that happens. That would be. It's not going to happen, sense. but it's it's nice to happen. It could happen, depending <laughs> on which way Atlanta goes. But uh, but yeah, a lot of quarterbacks projected to go in the first round, and also as you mentioned, that the wide receiver position is very talented and deep, and pretty much every position on the offensive line has some studs too. So uh, so let's go. Let's start there. We're going to do this position by position. Uh, like you said, we divided the task between the two of us. Yeah, it was really weird because normally these roles are reversed, and I don't know if you did that intentionally. Oh, giving you the offense this time around? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. I don't know. I had if to you... dig into recesses of my brain that aren't normally like used. I didn't know your brain had any recesses. <laughs> well, it has plenty of recesses, just most of them are vacant and void. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, we have to start with the the man who's most likely going to be the number one overall pick, Mr. Justin Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, if you were doing the draft, you'd probably take him first. <laughs> well, hey now, you're an all-star. When am I going to get paid? <laughs> get 
paid. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, the the quarterback yes. out of Clemson, he is uh, probably the most hyped prospect since 2012, back when Andrew Luck was coming into the league. Uh, dating back to his high school days, he was the top recruited high school player. Made a splash right away, taking over um, halfway through his uh, freshman season, took over the starting job from an incumbent senior and uh, never looked back from that point. He actually led them to the championship that season and they won it all. Um, I won it all. <laughs> and he just has a, a, a really special combination of his arm strength, accuracy. He can run to whether it's broken plays, escaping the pocket. Or they uh, designed a lot of QB runs for him too, especially around the goal line. He scores a lot of touchdowns, <laughs> which is what you want in your quarterback. Great college, I not the best football move in the NFL. Just pointing it out. Well, if you—that's the key—is yeah, protecting yourself and learning. He'll he'll have to make sure he knows how to slide really well and uh, avoid taking too much punishment. But he seems about as close to a sure thing as you can get. Very safe pick. Floor and upside, he's got it all. It's it's basically a, a sure thing. The Jaguars are taking him with the first overall pick. R.I.P. Gardner Minshew. Rip. Minshew mania. Yeah, it was fun while it lasted. It was amazing while it was there. <laughs> I just hope he never shaves that mustache. <laughs> uh, the next quarterback prospect, and and I don't know if uh, what order these are in necessarily, but. The next guy I'm going to talk about is Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know. I'm having a hard time remembering where he went to college. Do you, do you know him, oh, You know what, Mike? Uh, let me refresh your memory. He went to this little tiny backwoods college. No big deal. Just the Ohio State. Oh, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, Justin Fields is a dual threat quarterback. He's His NFL player comp is Dak Prescott. So that's what? pretty high praise right there. Um, although he is a bit more of a pocket passer. That yeah, he can doesn't move. like to get out from the pocket, and he does have occasional deep ball accuracy that makes me a touch nervous. Uh-huh. But yeah, yeah, actually, that's what I have down too. Is he has very good pinpoint accuracy on short and intermediate throws. Uh, but yeah, sometimes the deep ball gets away a little bit. I think it's something that can be worked on, but it just makes you nervous because corners, especially facing the experienced corners in the NFL, love those slightly overthrown footballs. <laughs> well, yeah, look at Josh Allen. It took him a while, uh, but what was this, his third year? He put it all together. And, Prove me yeah. wrong in every category possible. <laughs> and the other the other biggest, so the only real knocks on, on Justin Fields, he has kind of a slower release time than you like to see. You know how they always show that fun graphic on the the primetime football games where quarterbacks get the ball out and like, like their whole release motion is like half a second or something. So he's a little bit slow on the release uh, and, and sometimes locks in on his primary read. Uh, like a lot of quarterbacks in college could use some, uh, some more experience to read the whole field. And uh, the other thing is that he sometimes takes more sacks than he needs to, but he also makes up for that by escaping a lot of others that he probably should be taken down. Mm-hmm. So overall, he's expected to be a top five pick. Uh, next guy here is Zach Wilson from BYU. Uh, he is more of a, so he's, he's a very strong thrower. 
whether he's in the pocket or, or rolling out towards the sideline. And, but he's more of a gunslinger. He likes to hit the big play. He's the uh, the uh, Ben Roethlisberger, if you will. Sure, yeah. Which is, I was going to uh, say Brett Favre because when I think of gunslinger, that's the only name. Yeah, that yeah I mean, that's the classic example. <laughs> but I didn't want to go that route because I know you have to bring that name into every episode. Hey, it's been I a while. didn't want to be the it's, one to do it. It's been a while since I brought, brought up Favre. <laughs> Give me um, some credit. So I tried to go with another person that has just a big cannon of fur and arm that likes to throw it. But yeah, no, uh, Favre is the name that comes to mind. And yeah, along with that can be a great thing or can be a bad thing. And is kind of paired with some issues with decision-making and, and making his reads. So he's one of those guys where the, the potential is almost unlimited, but he's probably not a guy you want to come in have starting week one of this year. Might need a bit more coaching to succeed at the pro level than, than some of these other guys. I could see him being a really good candidate for uh, Atlanta to take. Yeah, like someone who's going to sit for a few years and, and learn. I like that call. Uh, next guy here, though, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State is just 20 years old and only started one year. But oh, and, and, and that year was <laughs> that year was actually 2019 because the, uh, North Dakota State canceled their 2020 season. You know what this sounds like? Go ahead and say it. it sounds like a Mitch Trubisky going on here. <laughs> it does. Uh, it does sound similar. But I think this guy is a hundred times better than Trubisky already. A hundred times. A hundred times. That means he's going to throw a hundred times as many touchdowns as Trubisky, <laughs> or have a hundred times as many interceptions. No, that's impossible. You're right. Jameis Winston holds onto that one. We're good. All right, and you and you give me crap for talking about Favre. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the year that Trey Lance did play in 2019 is his freshman year. He led the team to 16 straight wins, including the FCS title and their, won their division. And he did that the whole year. He didn't throw an interception. Speaking of interceptions. See, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> and the uh, the scouting report on him is that he has a really good football IQ and, and also is, is dedicated. He puts in the work, puts in those hours in the film room, too. So, Trey, yes. if this whole NFL career doesn't work out, we got a spot for you, buddy. <laughs> right here at 2M Football. We can call it, uh, let's see, where, where am I going with this? Oh, yeah. So he has done some things besides the, the film room he, that are sort of more on an NFL level. He At NDSU, he actually set his own protections pre-play. He would communicate them to the offensive line, how, how they should uh, do the protection for, for any given play. And then he also has a lot of experience already of reading the whole field. And he's good at going through his progressions, which, which is something that a lot of young quarterbacks struggle with. Uh, the, the knocks on him is that his, he doesn't have the best arm strength. It's pretty average. And he gets a little nervous, a little jumpy in the pocket. Sometimes flushes out too early before he really needs to. And then obviously the lack of experience factor and uh, playing against stronger competition. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Mac Jones from Alabama. Little Mac? Uh, let's say medium Mac. Okay. <laughs> he was stuck on the depth chart behind Tua Tagovailoa for a couple of years, but last year he finally got the starting job all to himself with Tua in the NFL. Uh, started all 13 games, led the team to another national championship. 
along the way, completed 77% of his passes, which was best in the country, and set a school record with 4,500 passing yards. And uh, he's he sort of uh, got it all. He's got the arm skills you look for. He's got accuracy, uh, ball placement, good at putting it, getting the receiver in stride, putting it where only he can catch it, and uh, even can show some touch on his passes. He's, he's got that down, too. Uh, now, some of the negatives are – uh, that his decision making a lot of times seems predetermined. Like he he decides who he's going to throw it to before the snap, and if his first read is covered, uh, that he do- he doesn't do as good a job of progressing to his, the other guys his other reads. Uh, he also has a tendency to panic under pressure, and and all that production sort of comes with an asterisk, just because it was a weird year and uh, Alabama played a lot of inferior competition, which you could say any given year that most competition is inferior to Alabama's program, but uh, his, th- their team was absolutely loaded. And, and if he's put in a situation like let's say Jacksonville, for example, where the team around him isn't there, uh, that, that could be a struggle, but those are the top five quarterbacks expected to go off the board, not necessarily in that order. And uh, four of them could go in the first four picks, which would be awesome. That'd be interesting for sure going to turn it over to you now matt to introduce us to some of the top prospects elsewhere on the offensive side of things so what's really weird is on my note sheet here i started with wide receiver and on our little list here you start with running back so i'm going to follow your list to not confuse you um so starting with running backs here's a fun fact of the top five running back prospects only one of them just barely makes it over six feet so you're right? saying I'm tall enough to be an NFL running back. Um, Spencer Brown from UAB is six foot, even 220 pounds. So yes, you could. Oh yeah. I'm bigger than that too. <laughs> um, he had 186 carries for 889 yards and 10 touchdowns. Um, I have him number two on my list. Seemed pretty good solid, but he had a big struggle in blocking and, you know, when he was needed to help pass protect, which I feel like yeah. running backs in the NFL kind of need to do both. Yep, they do. Um, but above him, actually, the number one rated, and again, what was really confusing about these lists is I went to four different sites and had four different answers. Um, so I guess I should say these are in no particular order for now because it depends on who you read. Damn you, ESPN Plus. <laughs> um, no, it's, you can get it. Just, uh, just file an expense report. I'm sure the company yeah, will cover right you. On that. Let me get my tax guy to do that. Oh, damn it. That's me, too. Um, Larry Runtree uh, out of Missouri. 5'11", 211 pounds. Um, the second tallest running back on here. Um, that's, that, those numbers keep baffling me. But here's what's really weird to look at the way these stats line up. 209 carries for 932 yards and 14 touchdowns. That doesn't seem like a very good, you know, yards per rush, yards per attempt. But yet it was clearly that he was not just between the numbers, but a goal line back to have 14 touchdowns. That's a lot of touchdowns. Um feel like anytime a running back gets double digit touchdowns that that usually means they were specifically used at the goal line mm-hmm. um however to amass 932 yards isn't a bad bad deal either 
he seems to be the cleanest running uh, route running in terms of his cuts. Um, but that also all depends if you have a really good offensive line, which Missouri clearly had, if you're going to rush for, you know, close to a thousand yards. Uh-huh. Uh, next running back would be my favorite named running back, Puka Williams. Puka. Puka. I like it. Jark bait Puka. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to take that out, please. No. Out of Kansas. <laughs> The lightest running back at five foot nine, 175 pounds. And hearing those numbers gave me those like Wendell Smallwood type pictures. Why? Because he has small in his name. Mike, <laughs> there was ever a time to fire you. It's not now because the show needs you. You're say, lucky you're it. indispensable. <laughs> I'm going to job over at ESPN Plus, and they'll probably give me a subscription for free. Yeah, and you'll probably throw all my rankings out the window when I look at yours compared to four other websites. Anyway, <laughs> 51 rushes, 196 yards, and only two touchdowns. Numbers weren't there, but then again, again, weird season. Uh, but what makes me nervous, and I shouldn't judge on this, but it's that frame size, 175 pounds. Most linemen are double that. Yeah, it's almost like some Darren Sproles numbers. Although I yeah, think he was so like five, five, six. The beauty of being tiny like that, being a running back, means you can fit in a smaller gap. So if you have a subpar offensive line that can't make the big truck lanes that a lot of these bigger backs need, you can still make uh, a positive play out of a negative one. But it also means you're going to get hit a hell of a lot harder. One person <laughs> I believe that actually might be pretty good is Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech. Five foot nine, 204 pounds. 1,182 yards on 154 carries with only eight touchdowns. Those numbers to me seem to designate that he's definitely a between the twenties back. And that's great. If you have a good line and a quarterback that is either developing or is really good at those intermediate passes, Alex Smith, those types of guys, because he's going to be able to keep that change of pace, bring that balance of rush versus pass. And finally, rounding out the five, you only did three. I did five. So, see, I did a little bit less, more work. Um, Jamar Jefferson out of Oregon. He was a duck. Ducks go quack. You sure do. Uh, five, foot, five foot nine, 210 pounds, 133 carries for 858 yards and seven scores. Solid back, reliable, takes two or three people to bring him down. Pretty good at a single cut. I didn't see him make a lot of double cuts, but. Again, I think a lot of these guys, Oregon had a great offensive line because actually one of their linemen is the number one ranked lineman in the draft this year. And we'll get to him in a little bit. More excitingly is the wide receiver, which has a ton of names on it. Um, ironically, the number one out of LSU school where Joe Burrow came from yeah. is Jamar Chase, who was injured in 2020, so missed the entire 2020 season has stats from 2019 and is still the number one ranked prospect in the wide receivers across the board. 84 receptions in 2019 for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. Wow. There's a reason LSU won the championship. Need I say more? Um, Not really, no, but just to clarify one thing, I think he opted out. I don't think he was injured. He opted out for 2020 because of COVID. Okay. I just know he didn't play in 2020. Great balance, speed, route running. I mean, what better place than to put this guy in potentially Cincinnati? 
Will it happen? Yeah. No. But I also think this would be a great opportunity um, if Atlanta doesn't give away their fourth pick and they're not taking a quarterback, go with a wide receiver. If they don't like Jamar Chase, they can always pick up Devontae Smith, which is one of two. What? No, I was just laughing at your segue. You're so good at this. Making up as I go along, um, which is one of two receivers out of Alabama this year in the top five ranking. Uh, one of them has a slightly better last name. Than Smith, but um, uh, Devonta had hundred. What? With Smith, I always think of Steve Smith from the Ravens. Okay, An- another receiver. Yes, a very good receiver and a very personable receiver. Um, right. One hundred seventeen receptions for eighteen hundred and fifty-six yards and twenty-three touchdowns. Alabama's Amazing. leading receiver, duh. Yeah, and he won the Heisman, right? He did. He was the Heisman winner. Very good, Mike. Thanks. That's the only um, thing I know a, about college football before before a, I did all this research. You get a biscuit later. Yes. If you're lucky, it'll be like a cheese biscuit. Ooh, what if I'm not lucky? It's just a plain, dry, like four day old, stale ass biscuit. <laughs> I got one of those on my oven right now. <laughs> um, anyway, you would be sorry. an excellent candidate for anyone who's looking to upgrade their wide receiver one position. That could be teams for like Chicago. If Anthony Miller does manage to leave, um, I don't know if it was official or if they are just rumored to cut Anthony Miller. Oh um, yeah, I think they're trying to trade him. Yep, that's right. Um, Alan Robinson on the tag again. Atlanta. He yeah. could make a great addition to uh, New Orleans or even Carolina. Miami. Why is everyone? No, I did this with the Patriots. You're not doing this with Miami, okay? <laughs> everyone in New England worked out really well for me in free agency. Going to Miami. Welcome to Miami. Okay, go on. Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. <laughs> 36 receptions, 470 yards, two touchdowns. Not really a lot jumping off the uh, stat sheet. In a couple of clips that I did manage to see, he did seem to be a little handsy at the line, which physicality is always good. But as we know in the NFL, you know, maybe that works to his credit and the defense gets called on holding or pass interference, but don't get handsy, Bateman. Oh, my. Don't. <laughs> You're trying to be me. I know it. And I can't let that happen. Well, I have and nothing else to contribute right now because I've never heard of any of these people. Um, I, I like this guy just because of his name, because there was a guy that had a very similar name, if not the exact same one. His name was Eric, but this guy's name is Jalen Waddle. Oh yeah. How about Tom Waddle? A lot of famous Waddles out there. (laughs) (laughs) Waddle. (laughs) Is he on the Ducks by any chance? (laughs) Uh, he was not. He's the other receiver out of Alabama. Damn it. How perfect would that be? (laughs) I know, right? Waddle is a duck. <laughs> Waddle. Fire. Waddle. <laughs> it's going to be ooze all over again. <laughs> 28 receptions, 591 yards, and only four touchdowns. Why such low stats? <laughs> Devontae Smith got everything else, so I guess he got the leftovers. He got the, the four-day-old stale crusty biscuit. Yep. Not the Red Lobster cheesy biscuit. And then last but not least... Not related to Grimace and Wallace, but Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. 59 receptions, 922 yards, six touchdowns. 
Very good over the middle of the field receiver. Very good at the outcut routes. Um, again, this is another type of wide receiver that I feel like is great at moving the chains on third downs. Um, potentially a good slot receiver I could see him playing. Yeah, more of a possession um, guy. Correct. Um, think about him like maybe the new Julian Edelman for New England. Too soon. Rip. <laughs> All right, next is my favorite category, only because of one name on this list, which is third on my list. But we'll start at the top because that's where you start with list is the number one um, for tight ends. Um, and just before I mention this guy's name, he has a George Kittle comparison. Ooh, that's high um, praise. In, in my opinion, because I the physicality and what has been described as amazing leadership. Um qualities for for the Florida Gators and that's Kyle Pitts uh 43 receptions 770 yards and 12 touchdowns for a college tight end pretty darn good um but what one of the things that stood out the most of it that I noticed in reading about him was his leadership in the locker room he was not that it was all about me he wasn't worried about getting possessions it was about did the team win and doing what it takes to win so those types of presence in a professional locker room cannot be underestimated. I'm going to cool. butcher this guy's name out of oh, Penn man. State. Do it. Pat Fearmouth. That's okay. my attempt. Sounds right. Um, 22 receptions, 310 yards, just a single touchdown. But there was a note that he did. He seemed to be very good at pass protection uh, for the run. So he came out to be a pretty good blocker. So I just put that next to his name, Block. Anyone who's in the league for a potential blocking tight end um, that could potentially pull off the fake, you know, they run up and block and then they kind of peel off into the flat. Yeah. Um, yeah. He could be a great potential for those. Well, and most teams have two tight ends, right? Two starting tight ends, one who will be more blocking of a pass catcher and, and one who – Exactly, yeah. So this guy was out of Notre Dame, this next guy. Okay. 19 receptions, 218 yards. Is he a hunchback? I could end this phone call right now and go to bed. (laughs) Zero touchdowns, kind of like Mike's punchline humor. (laughs) But listen, the only reason I have no other stats and I looked up no other information other than this dude's name because I want to hear the announcers on how they're going to play with his name. His (laughs) name is Tommy Trembler. Trembler as a tight end. Trembler. Come on now. That's like gold. You can't write stuff better than that. Uh, he has the defense trembling in their boots. <laughs> right? It is Punch am- City. This incredible. guy is my favorite tight end in the draft just because of his name. No amazing stats. No, I there was no need to look up anything else. No, you draft him just based on that. You know, this is something we would do in uh in Madden back in the day. We would uh <laughs> There was a because if you play the franchise mode of Madden and you get past like you know the second off season, it just turns into like randomly generated names, I think. And there, and it seems like and my favorite name ever that came up was Cheeseboro, like that was the player's last name. But if you kept playing and in college, me and a buddy played 23 seasons of a franchise. There was like a family of Cheeseboros. Every couple of years, there would be a guy <laughs> named Cheeseboro in a draft. <laughs> and yeah, we always throw throw like a five, six, seventh round pick on a guy like that, just because what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, you just have a team of Cheeseboros. 
I think they were all terrible though too. None of them were over like sixty overall rating. Really disappointing. <laughs> A like plus for their name though. <laughs> yeah. Out of Miami, we have Brevin Jordan. 38 receptions, 576 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. I kind of made a Jared Cook comparison when looking at this guy. Um, seems to be solid, reliable, not really injury prone. But he Nothing makes crucial really errors in the playoffs. <laughs> Probably. Um, that's just the Saints' luck when it comes to postseason. And finally, out of Boston College, Hunter Long. Uh, 57 receptions, 685 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. Just solid number, guys. Big dudes, healthy dudes. Dudes that can play football. Hunter, I hardly know her. Michael, you're fired. I'm going to finish up with my last position so that I can sit there and play these games at a much higher level than Mike when he does his defensive (laughs) ratings. We'll see about that. Um, Is that a challenge? Just threw down the virtual gauntlet. It hurt. Don't do that. Don't get um, handy with me. <laughs> the number one overall ranked lineman out of Oregon, a duck. I'm sorry if I pronounce this wrong. Panai, Panai Sewell? Oh, yeah, I've actually heard of this guy. I can't help you with the pronunciation, but I know he's supposed to be good. <laughs> um, he's, he's, he's ranked as the number one O-lineman in the draft with a perfect um, balance in terms of pass and block protection, very good awareness in terms of understanding where the ball is behind the line of scrimmage. We all know the importance of that because how often does a running back go off on a 45 yard run and you see a flag and what's it every time holding, holding so aggravating. And I feel bad for the players. Cause they're like, all right, I just ran 75 yards. We got this. And there's a wait. Why is everyone going back to the line of scrimmage up here? No, we're going back. Okay, that's cool. I wish someone would have held on one of Tyler Lockett's three touchdowns that one week. No, see, it's Tyler Lockett. You just can't do that. Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. Again, another Alabama name. Uh, was another guy. Uh, he was considered the most physical in terms of physicality of the interior linemen. However, there's a big red flag I put on this guy. He's torn his ACL twice in college, and it was his right ACL. Both times, the right side? Yes. Yikes. Uh, um, so his right ACL has essentially been rebuilt twice. So it's something that's a big red flag, but given his stats on there and given the fact he's considered one of the most physical interior, it's one of those risk versus reward. You take a big risk, but the payoff could be substantial. You know, we've got guys that get hurt and they get better over the years. You get some guys like RG3, unfortunately, who take a series of injuries and just never recover. Wyatt Davis out of the Ohio State um, is ranked as the best pass setting. So in terms of pass protection, Wyatt Davis may be the best pass protecting um, lineman on the market. So again, shout out to Ohio State for another quality player. And finally, to wrap it home, I have Kendrick Green out of Illinois, um, who is a guard. And in eight games that he was the starting guard in 2020. You ready for this? Ready. Zero sacks and only six quarterback pressures. Not bad. 
eight games is half of an NFL regular season. So if you can feel good about being not responsible for that, you've jumped up on my ranking board in those in that in, in that way. Cool. Mine too. Especially coming out of Illinois. All right, Michael, I've done enough talking and making up numbers and names. This was all fake. None of these players are real. You know, I'd believe it because I never heard of most of those guys. <laughs> and then now time time for me to make up some turn. names. Yep, it's your turn. You got the defensive okay. side, my normal yep. side. Yep, the defensive side. So here are the names that I made up today. Um, starting with edge defenders. And I think the way they... It's kind of weird how they classify these because uh, they're they're guys who could sort of play defensive end or outside linebacker, um, and so, but they just declare them as edge defenders for for the draft. And then the, whoever drafts them kind of figures out where exactly they want to put them. So so yeah, that's what we're going to start with on the defensive side is edge defenders. And the first guy that I think we should talk about is named Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Uh, it's interesting you were talking about the heights of the running backs because I, I I wrote down the height of this guy. He's six foot six. Uh, he has so he's he's big, big long arms, and he has a lot of athleticism too to play. Uh, you know, as indicated by his his edge uh, demarcation, he can play either traditional defensive end. You know, with the I think it's called the nine technique with the hand on the ground or outside linebacker in a standing position. Uh, he was a productive pass rusher this past season at Miami with eight sacks. He also had 15 and a half tackles for loss. And he is projected to go in either the first or second round. Uh, next guy out of Michigan, a guy named Quiddy Pay. It's spelled a lot like cutie pie, and that's how I was hoping it was pronounced. But no, it's Quiddy Pay. He's uh, very fast and explosive around the end of the line. And he was a team captain this past year. He plays with really strong effort and work ethic. Uh, Unlike you. Yes, very, very much unlike me. I'm also not the team cap, the 2M team captain, even though there's only two of us. (laughs) Uh, He's, uh, he only started 19. I was just talking about work ethic. Thank you. (laughs) Let's see. The the knocks on, on Quiddy Pay are that he only had 19 starts in college. Uh, it, his measurables that look good haven't necessarily been backed up by his production, and he he gets easily fooled by misdirection and play action. So those are things that'll have to be sorted out. And for for that reason, he's more of a second or third round pick uh, in the projections, anyway. So yeah, so I only did three per category since I ended up doing more categories than I thought. Uh, the the other edge defender of note, or at least the third most notable one is Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. Rousseau. Uh, he has, yes. Thank you for that. He has yeah. those uh, uh, those plus attributes we look for of size combined with speed and agility to be on the edge of the line. Uh, but he could also uh, produce well when matched up with interior blockers where he could sort of leverage that that athleticism to, to get through or, or around them. Uh, he only has one full season of college ball under his belt, though. And uh, scouts are predicting that he'll probably need to bulk up a little bit, add some strength before he'll be ready for to take on NFL linemen, which is a, a different animal. And he's projected to go in the top two rounds likely as well. So uh, that was the edge. So for interior defenders on the line, defensive tackles, uh, first guy from Alabama 
is Christian Barmore. And he actually has pretty quick feet for a guy of his size. You know how these tackles are six five at a minimum and you know three hundred plus pounds, but he has pretty quick feet. Uh, and he was pretty effective against both the run and the pass, which you like to see for a tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had nine and a half tackles for a loss last year and actually led the team. Like he led Alabama with eight sacks, which is a ton for a DT. Uh, and uh, in the in the college football championship game, he was voted the defensive MVP with five tackles, two for a loss, and, and one sack. The only real weaknesses in his game are some missed tackles, and uh, and he sometimes strays a little bit from his assignment, kind of goes off and tries to do his own thing and make a play, uh, which often results in you know like a cutback run or something getting getting around him. Uh, but he's projected to go in the first round. So anyone who needs an anchor on their D line would would uh, should probably take a look at him. Next guy up here out of Washington is Levi Onzerike. And you he got all has, of the difficult names. Yes, and, and thankfully I found one of the sites I was researching on had some pronunciations. So hopefully I don't hopefully I do these justice. So our, our buddy Levi here, he opted out of 2020, so he hasn't played since 2019. He's, a, <clears throat> he's very physical at the point of attack, uh, even though he is a little bit undersized for, for a tackle. Uh, but he uses that to to be very quick off the snap of the ball. And he has a very strong uh, first step because of that. He is projected to go in the second round. And the other guy here is Davion, Davion Nixon out of Iowa. Is he a crook? Uh, he, time will tell. He was uh, reasonably productive last year uh, with 13 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Uh, he's pretty good at exploiting the offensive line, squeezing through small spaces, getting skinny, so to speak. And he has good agility and pursuit for a for a lineman, especially for an interior lineman. But he is uh, some of the knocks against him are that he doesn't have enough upper body strength to stay on blocks or push them push them blockers back, and. Um, has a hard time shedding those blocks as well. So he can get locked up and taken out of a play pretty easily. And he's not projected to go to the third round. So kind of a weak class for, for defensive linemen overall. Right. Uh, so moving on to the linebacker position, uh, inside linebackers, that is. And one of the top guys at this position is Jeremiah. And here we go. This is a tough one. Owusu Koromoa out of Notre Dame as well. I like what you guys Thanks, I've got it written out here. So uh, he actually won the Butkus Award, and uh, Dick Butkus. I had an action figure of him when I was a kid, so I know who he is. <laughs> he was a Bears linebacker, uh, and that award is given to the country's top linebacker. And he also won the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And he's really Woo! fast. He has uh, real game-breaking talent as a linebacker. He he can cover the whole field, run sideline to sideline, has strong downhill instincts. And uh, is, is even decent dropping into pass coverage when necessary. Really good athletic ability. Sounds like a Luke Keekley type player. Yeah, yeah. Kind of one of those do-it-all uh, inside linebackers. The only issues with him are that he's a little bit small for the position. Uh, and sometimes his, his fundamentals get lost in the desire to make big plays. But he does make a lot of big plays. So that's kind of make up for it. 
It's kind of like when a quarterback coming in from college doesn't have perfect mechanics, but it works. Yeah, kind of like uh, like yeah, you know, like Russell Wilson. Whatever, I don't know what he does. But it just works out most more often than not. Just run around and throwing up a bomb to Tyler Lockett every play. <laughs> <laughs> the Tyler Lockett hour. Another interior, more like two hours, three hours. I don't know how long we've been going on. Uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State is the next linebacker. He was the Big Ten linebacker of the year in 2019. Uh, he's another who who didn't play last year, opted out. Uh, and, and that year he was pretty versatile too with over 100 tackles, 14 of which were a loss. Uh, also five sacks and five pass breakups, which is pretty good for an inside linebacker. Prowess is a pass rusher, which is not that not a given for inside guys, uh, which would give a team more flexibility in how they use him. Uh, the only issues with uh, Micah Parsons are that he he lacks some experience, and uh, sometimes that uh, his play recognition play recognition suffers a little bit. And he's not the best at taking on blockers and, and getting around them and defending the running game. All right, Nick Bolton out of Missouri is the next inside linebacker, and he's kind of Nick, your prototypical This one's for guy. you. He's a little short for a stormtrooper, but he's got it where it counts. Really. <laughs> that was in the scouting well no that, not the part about a stormtrooper but but being a little short for the position was in the scouting report that, that would be you know what I'm a little fun. proud of you thanks uh, and uh, let's see yeah so Nick Bolton he's pretty good he could play on third down too because he's pretty capable in zone coverage for a linebacker uh, his only issue is a lack of sideline to sideline speed. So for outside runs and stuff like that, he often gets lost in the shuffle and, and can't get out there to make a play. All right, outside linebacker. First name to know here is Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. And he's kind of interesting because he played quarterback and tight end before eventually settling in as a linebacker. Interesting. You know, quarterbacks going to like wide receiver and stuff for popular. It's interesting yeah, to see quarterback to Linebacker. Defense, yeah. <laughs> uh, he started eight games at linebacker last year, uh, 11 and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, four interceptions, of which he returned two for touchdowns. Uh, he also two pass breakups and a block kick. So he checked almost every box on the stat sheet. And, oh, and I thought you'd appreciate this. Uh, Zavin Collins' NFL player comp is Leighton Vanderesh, <laughs> who was a proven player of yours. He was. And my favorite cowboy next to Dak Prescott. Focus. Uh, but yeah, he, he's one of the top outside linebacker prospects. Another guy is Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia. Uh, scouts think he has NFL-ready strength and explosiveness. And my favorite quote from the report I was reading on this guy, Mr. Ojolari here, is that he's built like a superhero. <laughs> as a freshman, he was named as a team captain. And he's uh, he's quick. He's really good at closing down running lanes, taking on blockers, and in general, just blowing up running plays. Uh, he's not a great pass rusher for an outside linebacker. That's his biggest weakness. I feel like that's kind of a minor, minorly important thing, but yeah, it depends. I think he's probably seen as more of a fit in better in a four-three defensive scheme than a, than a three-four, where the outside linebackers really function as pass oh, rushers a lot of the time. Know? Did you know defensive schemes? I mean, I know numbers. Did, did I put them in the right combination? You did. Uh, the other outside linebacker of note 
is Joseph Osai out of Texas. Uh, he's one of those guys, uh, they, it's kind of a cliche, but they say his motor never stops. <laughs> he plays with great passion and uh, he just never stops. His motor never stops running when he's on the field. And Our stops yeah. running for about 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Mine never even starts running. I <laughs> just with that speed. That, yeah. <laughs> I don't go anywhere, so it's okay. Uh he that that allows him to have second chances on plays where he he's beat initially sometimes. Now he does force a lot of fumbles when he gets in on tackles. Uh he plays hard and practices harder, according to teammates, and uh, that makes him a quick learner. Uh he is a little bit of a raw prospect. I didn't write it down. I should have it. I think he's uh, younger. I don't think he has very many years under his belt playing the position. And then because of that, his fundamentals are a little bit weak too, but uh, the positives may outweigh the negatives here, but probably not a day one pick for sure. A cornerback is where things get interesting because yeah. all these guys, the top three on the list all have connections. They, they all have uh Fathers they know a guy also, who knows a guy who knows a guy? Well, they know a guy very well, I, I assume, because their dads all played in the NFL, too. What? First, you got Patrick Sertain II out of Alabama, who is the son of the former Pro Bowl quarterback of the same name, Patrick Sertain. And uh, Junior here started all 13 games last year at Alabama. And sure, sure he, he appreciates that. <laughs> and he actually started 38 in a row at, at Alabama over the past three years. And uh, last year, he finished with 12 pass breakups and one pick. And he really has uh, a prototypical physical build for the position. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, really good route recognition. And he's a good tackler, which is something that you can't say of all corners. And the only issues with, uh, I'm going to keep calling him junior, is that he's uh, not, could be more physical when he's playing press coverage. Speaking of getting handsy. Sometimes he gets a little handsy down the field and draws a lot of pass interference flags, or, or too many, anyway. And in the NFL, those are easy to do, so that makes me a little nervous. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he, the other issue is that he struggled against the big receivers in the, in the red zone. You know, those fade routes they'll throw around the goal line. That's been a problem for him. Next guy is J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, and he is the son of Joe Horn, the former Saints wide receiver back in the day. He's one, the only one on this list who doesn't play the same position as his, his old man, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but J.C. Horn is good in man coverage, and uh, a lot of times he was the guy, he was he shadowed the opposing team's best receiver a lot in college. And what he's really good at is balancing his attention between the QB and the wide receiver, uh, which helps with the timing so you know when the ball is coming. So, and that helps you avoid some of those penalties, right? Because they always say like, like oh, you know, didn't the get simple his... thing that I scream at my TV every time a penalty is called is turn your head around. Turn your head around. That's right. Yeah. And uh, JC Horn is really good at that. Uh, his main issue is also his tendency to grab and hold wide receivers during the route, uh, kind of grab it on whenever they make a cut <clears throat> so he doesn't get left behind. And he is, uh, quote, not enthusiastic in run support or tackling in general. Oh, so that's uh, something. A corner that doesn't want to tackle. That sounds like a very <laughs> effective strategy. Might be a slight problem. And then uh, the other corner I had down here is Asante Samuel Jr., which I feel like 
it wasn't that long ago that Asante Samuel Sr. was still in the league. Like what, six years ago? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Isn't that just weird that we're, I guess, getting old? We're at the age where we're seeing the the kids of players that we remember (laughs) coming into the league. Way too freaky. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, this junior is very strong at the this point of the catch, wins a lot of contested balls, uh, has good balance and changes direction quickly to cover cuts. And he's a good tackler. I feel like with corners, it's it's at either extreme, like no corner is an average tackler. Either they're good and they're into it or they just they avoid contact. Uh, but, but Asante Samuel Jr., he kind of lacks the trait. Of, he doesn't look back at the quarterback enough to know when the ball is coming, which... Uh, leads him Turn to, your head around. Yeah, a lot of a lot of that is going to be yelled at the TV of uh, the team before it drafts him. And uh, yeah, that's all I got on corners. Finally, geez, safeties. Oh man, the top safety prospect is Trayvon. You just put these under one initial of DB. Well, that is how I had it originally, but all the sites I was looking at for this research had them split out. That's why I only did three instead of five. Uh, but in the end, it ended up being more more names because there are so many different positions. All right, but we're almost there. Trayvon Merig, he is out of TCU. He's the top safety uh, prospect. He actually played corner in high school, but moved to safety when he got to college. A pretty good production in the past two years, doing a little bit of everything during that time. He had six interceptions, 20 pass breakups, uh, two forced fumbles as well, and that's over the past two seasons. He has good range. He can cover the field. has pretty good ball skills. Uh, and he's a strong tackler when he gets himself into the right position. But uh, his biggest weaknesses are sometimes he gets fooled by double moves by receivers. You know, or they'll make a cut like they're cutting across the field and then continue up the field instead. So he's fooled by that sometimes. And also play action and misdirection in the backfield. Uh, and when he is running to make a tackle, he'll he'll take bad angles a lot of times where he ends up either either overshooting or, or undershooting the play. Next safety here is Javon Holland out of Oregon. Uh, and he has a lot of versatility, too, to play uh, the different positions in the secondary. Um, he's, he's good at helping out in run defense. And he actually returned punts, too, at Oregon and was pretty good at it. So maybe we'll see if he's able to continue doing that. It's another dimension. A special teams player. Yep. And then finally, the last safety prospect I'm going to talk about right now, Jamar Johnson from Indiana. He's a good cover guy uh, and actually handled the slot quite a bit, too, in, in college. Uh, so he Does can he have up. his own island? Not yet. A good vision, field awareness, good instincts too. Often he's in the right place at the right time. And a fun fact, he picked off Justin Fields twice last year. What? Uh, his, his biggest weakness is tackling, unfortunately, which is even more important for a safety than a corner. Yeah, you're the and, last line of defense, literally. Right. Yeah, and the run defense in general, uh, he sort of struggles to defend. So he's more of a ball hawking uh, kind of guy. Oh, wow. That was a lot of names. I'm proud of you. Thanks, man. I'm proud of you, too. This was a tough one. I still don't feel like I understand these players very much, but better than what I once did. 
that doesn't mean I'm going to draft appropriately. <laughs> that goes for us. And hopefully, hopefully that was a little bit of help to whoever was listening to this too, that uh, when we get to the real draft in a few weeks, this is what I, is literally what I texted Matt. Like, hopefully I won't be like who as many times as I usually <laughs> am watching the draft. <laughs> who, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> and I think this will also be a helpful exercise because in a little preview for next week, oh. we are going to do a mock draft on the show Spoilers. with our with friends of the pod nick and sorio we're each going to draft what? for we're each going to draft for eight teams and we're just going to go through the the first round and pick uh who we think is these teams nfl teams are going to draft provided that nobody does any more shady stuff in the meantime Right. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we'll we'll see what Atlanta does if they trade their pick now. There are always trades on draft day during the draft that That's screw up everybody's box. So aggravating. You have it all <laughs> narrowed down, and then one team, Chicago, does something stupid and throws the <laughs> whole thing out of whack. Yeah. That. I mean, that's part of the drama too. That's why it's so much fun to watch. But yeah. Wow. That was a lot. <laughs> nice work, Matt. Glad we got through Excellent this. Work, Michael. I think we've earned ourselves a drink and a night of rest. You have a night of editing. <laughs> well, I'll start it off with a drink to ease into things. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, so we will see you next time and uh, get excited because next week is going to be a big episode. Mock draft, baby. See you then. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the Two M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.